And now, proper propaganda. Watch it. Pull my mic back. You like that? Journalists with journalists too. We can strike back. Hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines. Sidestepping the border. For those of you just tuning in to Civic Cypher, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am now back again as Q. Nice. Mr. <laughs> um, we still got more for you to stick around for this show. We're talking about the difference in the political parties. In fact, the two parties are not the same. Uh, again, we had a interesting conversation with a dear friend of ours who basically told us that the political parties were the same in this country. And we had a long conversation to the contrary. And we're trying to share some points with you if in fact you or someone you know feels that way so um we're gonna be talking about that we're also gonna be dedicating our way black history fact to a white allies is a rarity around here uh you definitely want to hear about this guy he's awesome well, white allies are not a rarity well a white dedicating subject, a white yeah. subject in the way black history fact that's is. that's definitely rare we try to highlight you know black folks for that but this one is worth it i promise so first and foremost we're going to discuss baba becoming a better ally baba so today's baba sponsored by union sorry unknown union a fashion house situated at the intersection of meaning innovation and culture for more info check out unknownunion.com shout out to those guys we love them all right I'm just going to read from uh, Stop AAPI Hate. This is directly from them, and I hope that you support what they what it is they're doing. Uh, for folks that don't know, the most recent mass shooting in Dallas, in the Dallas area, left a six-year-old child without his family. Lost his mother, father, and a uh, newborn sibling. Stop AAPI Hate is heartbroken and devastated by the horrific act of violence in the Texas mall that claimed the lives of at least eight people, including three young children and wounded seven. We now know four of the lives lost were Asian people, three members of a Korean family, as well as an Indian woman. Most of the eight killed were people of color. We also know that investigators are exa examining the alleged gunman's apparent adherence to white supremacist and neo-Nazi ideologies. This tragedy is yet another reminder of the dangerous consequences of hate and bigotry. The ongoing normalization and amplification of white supremacy and far white right extremism poses a growing threat to communities of all stripes across the nation. And inaction on the issue continues to destroy lives. It's past time for our leaders to step up and take swift, decisive action to address the root causes of racism, xenophobia, and other forms of hate. We also join other Asian American groups in calling on lawmakers to take immediate and decisive action to address the rising tide of gun violence, which is increasingly terrorizing AAPI communities, from the shootings in Atlanta to Monterey Park to Allen. We are outraged, and they should be too. It is unacceptable that someone influenced by white supremacy and extremist ideology is allowed to possess and use firearms designed for war to carry out violent attacks against innocent people. Our leaders need to prioritize the safety of our communities over the interest of gun manufacturers and lobbyists. We cannot afford to wait for the next tragedy to act. Our elected officials need to break this cycle of hate-fueled violence because of the safety and welfare of all depends on it, and because it is indeed possible. I want you to visit stopaapihate.org so that you can support them toward this end. And I do believe that they've organized something for the little boy that was left behind. Uh, if you feel uh, so inclined as to help this child who now has lost his entire family. Okay. Oof. The two parties are not the same. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about right wing accountability. Excuse me? Exactly. I'll begin. I didn't know we were making <laughs> things up for the show. <laughs> so the, the, the title is, Where is 
right wing accountability. Oh, okay, that makes a lot more. So sense. that's why we're talking about it, uh, or so right wing accountability or the lack thereof. All right. This past week, former president, former president, was found liable for sexual abuse. Okay. This means uh, it's a civil suit, which. I'll see it in entirely that it doesn't have as much weight as a criminal uh, suit. The burden of proof is lower, all those things, right? But again, let's talk accountability. There's a pattern of behavior here. I indeed, that was started by him himself, in, in my mind, when he was on that tour bus being recorded in his own voice and then subsequently admitted to saying, that it's okay to walk up to women and not just his own voice though this is a video so you can see him saying this this wasn't doctored this wasn't all audio I, added to images later like no this yeah, is I, saw, I saw i saw the bus yeah. but I, I okay so go ahead no no just there's it's a video of him saying these things okay so okay it's not just you know some audio from an encounter he had you don't have to use your imagination because you said in his voice well you can see him saying it so you okay. don't even have to so this is this is this is something I, I i never saw that part but i did see the audio and there was a photo of the bus and I was like, oh my God, this was years ago. So anyway, um, to this point, however, despite it, you know, the burden of proof being lower and you know, the bar rather, I guess, being a little bit um, easier to clear for a civil case than a criminal case. Um, there is something to be said here. Okay. First off, the jury has to be unanimous. That means everybody who heard what should have been both sides of the story, Donald Trump didn't himself show up. He, he committed to testifying, decided he wasn't going to do it at the last minute and didn't. But he had his lawyers present. They presented what evidence they had. A unanimous panel of jurors decided that Donald Trump was liable for sexual abuse, not liable for rape. Okay. So when he says later on in the story, when he says, oh, it's politically motivated, it's a witch hunt, I would think that, you know, if they're going to take him down, or if they're going to tie a word to his name, that would probably be the one they would do. So any reasonable thinking individual would see this and say, eh, it's not like people to split the difference if they're really politically motivated and trying to sink somebody, somebody's ship, right? But again, that, that, that shred of doubt, that, that little bit of, um deniability that's introduced into these conversations frequently these right-wing conversations is enough to keep everybody who subscribes to that party i don't want to say the the um philosophies but that that particular party it allows them to live in a shared delusion among other folks who subscribe you know the the, right. the, the part that's even more discouraging is that some of them don't even need the delusion in the wake of that story breaking while he was campaigning, which is insane. Yeah, they didn't that even this care. Happened while he was campaigning and he was still elected president. That's, that's a good point. There was a young lady on the news with her two daughters, letting them know that sometimes you're just going to get groped. Mm. Like, yes, that is okay. Sometimes that just happened. In order to stay true to her outward political beliefs and support of this man, she told her daughters on television that the things that he were saying 
were not just true, but that they were okay. Mm. So some of them don't even need the doubt or the delusion or the, the, you know, that space for them to retreat into and say, hey, well, maybe it was this. Some of them blindly support no matter what to their own detriment, to the detriment of their children. And to the rest of us, too. Well, uh, sure. But a lot of people would do things for their own benefit. Mm. If it hurt everybody else, they wouldn't care. But I'm saying to their own detriment, detriment and the detriment of their children. You don't have to make it so broad as to, you know, really, really have a bleeding heart and really want the best for your countrymen. For her daughters, in order to stay in line with her president, and, you know, she couldn't waver on TV, she had to say to her daughters on television that the things that he just said with regards to where he <laughs> could just grab women, that that was okay. Who said this? Who said which part? The To her daughters. She was just a random oh, okay. supporter okay. of his. Yeah. This, I'm this like, was I'm not a celebrity this. or no, no. I'm sure we could find that video. Yeah. It was just a random supporter, you know, make America great. And when, when presented with that information, after she just for several minutes talked about how great a man he was, she couldn't say, oh my God, he's disgusting. So to stand true to what she'd been saying already, she had to turn to her children on live television, her two daughters, her two young daughters. Get that off. And tell them that the things that he just said were okay. How about this? So, as if that weren't enough, here's another trick. Um, so, first off, the former president himself says he never met the woman he's now found liable for uh, sexual abuse. Uh, her name is E. Jean Carroll. He says he's never even met her. Right? If you read the story about how she recalls the interaction between the two of them you see that's it feels very on brand for this dude but um for him to say he never met her that's all his followers need it's his way and that's it everybody else is out to get him doesn't matter that a, a jury voted unanimously to uh to um find him liable for this and not liable for rape that doesn't matter long as what he says it's almost like he's like a, a deity there's like it's like a cult right i think you've said that before but i'll add to that he plans to appeal this jury's decision which further puts distance puts puts more distance rather between him and accountability right and that that's his right you know that's everybody's right if you got a decision that you feel the trial wasn't right or whatever you can't appeal it i don't see how He's going to approach this and get that. But, you know, it is it is your right if you can figure out a way to do it. And he's got a team of lawyers still somehow after firing and people quitting and whatever. But uh, I expected to, to definitely see that. And so the impact of this story is weakened because he says, I don't know her. Well, first off, it's a civil suit. I've never then met he says, her. <laughs> Good. Oh, yeah. So it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. And there's photos of them together. There's photos of them. So, so anyway, so this is a person that we already know is he he. There's no accountability for this person. He claimed that the election was stolen from him, right? And then really messed up the whole country, further divided, a extremely divided country over that one issue. 
where we are in Arizona, we had our fairgrounds out here. We have a place called the Arizona Fairgrounds. It's this huge like place where everyone goes. The Arizona State Fair is a big deal for folks that don't come to Arizona. Forgive us. It's just like that here. They, they occupied the fairgrounds to recount the election. You guys remember this, the election recounts. You know what I mean? Because this guy couldn't take that L the way that he should have. We heard him trying to get up the votes and trying, you know, and there I had court cases across the country, wasted everybody's time, wasted millions of dollars, duped money out of his supporters, uh, millions from people who are very poor. No accountability. And then after every single court case resulted in a loss for his administration, or, every one. Or the case just being thrown out. Exactly. Every single one in every state that he challenged in, across every state, they, they could not substantiate one claim, could not prove one claim. Oh, it's a mass conspiracy. Indeed, including judges that By he appointed. everyone. Right. Not just people that are on the left, but people in his own party. He has a name for them. They're called rhinos, Republicans in name only. It's an acronym. So, no accountability for that. Uh, let's take it a step further. Um, every single suit brought against him is politically motivated. It's a witch hunt. Mar-a-Lago documents, all that stuff in Georgia. Indeed, the uh, the Stormy Daniels stuff. Now this, this even, uh, even, when we, even when we have overwhelming proof and and black and white evidence that points to the contrary. In his mind and in the mind of those who support him, it's all nonsense. It's all no, no need to hold this guy accountable at all. So we'll take it even further. What has this man, what did he campaign on? Build the wall. No wall. Sadly enough that build that wall was enough. But to stoke the fire of his supporters not any promise of anything that he'd do for you ran his campaign on the foundation of I'm going to kick those people out and keep them from ever coming back here. Yep. You voted for him based on that. So, and he did nothing to that end. So watch this. No border wall. And he had, uh, a Republican Senate and a Republican House, I believe, at a point in his presidency and could not get that across the line. I suspect because it was an empty promise among many. No accountability. Let's move it on. Because we can pick on that guy all day. We're not talking about where's the accountability for the former president. We're talking about right-wing accountability. So let's talk about another guy, George Santos. I know. Say his name again, please. George Santos. Now, you may not know who this guy is if you don't follow the news very closely or politics very closely, but I'll give you a little bit about him. I'm going to read from CNN. The Justice Department on Wednesday unsealed federal charges against Representative George Santos and the New York Republic. And the New York Republican is in custody. Oh, okay. Santos, whose astonishing pattern of lies and fabrications stunned even hardened polit politicos, 
has been charged on a 13-count indictment, including seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, one count of theft of public funds, and two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives. You can be charged for that? So here's, here's where I'm going with this. I know that, you know, if you're listening to us, you may not know who this is. Maybe you don't know this story, but the long and the short of it is this guy basically lied his way into the House of Representatives. He lied about where he went to school. He lied about everything, who his parents were, how he got his money, what connections he, everything. 100% of this stuff, you know what I'm saying, that that he could use to embellish and so And then after being pressured, for months after the election, uh, admitted that he made some embellishments and that he was sorry, but he really intended to serve the people. Where's this place? Um, uh, Staten Island in New York, right? He made some embellishments on his resume and he tried to like downplay it, sure. Um, now, the House of Representatives has a Republican Long Island, by the way, it was a Long Island. Excuse me. So the House of Representatives has a Republican majority. Okay. And this Republican majority has the capacity to hold this man accountable to expel him from the House um, to maintain some semblance of integrity among their ranks. And to ensure that the people who put their trust in them know that that trust is well-placed. Have the House of Representatives done anything whatsoever to move to make this right? I, I would say no. And what they have done, real quick, what they have done is they've removed him from like a committee assignment or something like that. Why? Because he was a distraction. My question to He's you still is, a city, sitting member, though. My question, question to you is why would they? There's no accountability. There's no well, consequences if they don't. But, Great point. But why hold someone accountable when your supporters have shown you that blind solidarity is really what they're here for? That's what they're here for. Mm -hmm. I, I saw that when support our principles and our people, no matter what they do or say. I saw that with the Raphael Warnock versus Herschel Walker campaign in Georgia. Everybody said, I don't care. I will vote on the everybody on the right said, I don't care. I will vote for Herschel Walker, who cannot read, he cannot talk, he has everything he says is nonsensical. He has lived an immoral life. He does not believe, he does not live by what he uh, says that he lives by. And I couldn't care less. If he's going to get in there and do Republican bidding, he's our guy. It does not matter that Raphael Warnock is a minister, that he's actually, you know, none of that stuff matters. Preaches at, I think it was Dr. King's church, Dr. Martin Luther King's church. All this stuff out the window. Warnock is it. Okay, so this is the party of, you know, God and and. Christian values and so forth, and you're not going to vote for the minister can, in favor. We can do a whole show on the idea of Christianity and nationalism and the, the the intersection that they've met at, and the way that they've used that to manipulate uh, those who are less politically educated into thinking that they're oh, doing listen. the bidding of the Lord. And you know where we start? Them. Where we start is slavery. That Bible was used to keep us all in chains. All right, well, us. Me and you and us all in chains.
to the benefit of other folks. Anyway, um, so it wasn't the Republicans that held this gentleman accountable. It was the justice system. Indeed, what we see with the former president, the justice system, and those wheels turn very slowly. And then when the justice system steps in and law enforcement steps in, now they're screaming defund. And now they stand opposed to the same. How about that? And the same people. Go ahead. Scream back the blue. Now stand opposed to them because how dare they try to hold us accountable for something? There it is. All right. Now. Uh, I want to circle back to the person we talked about in the first part of the show, the person with the RWDS patch mm-hmm. on his bulletproof vest or whatever he was wearing, tactical. tactical thing that he was wearing as he was shooting up that outdoor mall in Dallas or in the Dallas area. So accountability. All right. So casting doubt on the RWDS slash Nazi shooter. So rather than accept that this one is on us, indeed, many of these mass shootings, the majority of these mass shootings is on us. Instead of, hold on, instead of some some accountability, what have we done that has birthed this? What has, what connections is this person making to what it is I believe should be our principles and values? Instead of doing some soul searching and, and figuring out what the what is, what we end up with is what I believe to be more toward the opposite. Um, so first off, this guy posted on Russian message boards where, you know, it's not moderated for hate, hatred and racism, that sort of stuff. Um, but people are trying to cast out because they're like, this dude doesn't even speak Russian. Why is he posting on Russian message boards without, you know, trying to find the real truth of the matter? The fact is, is that there are English forum or English pages on this Russian Russian website or whatever. Um, English is the international language. So if you speak Russian and the other person speaks Spanish, more than likely you'll communicate in English because it's the English, it's the language most folks know. So most foreign websites have a place to interface with other English speakers like this, I found. And indeed, the Russian messenger board that this guy was on does have that. But if they on the right, if if the reporters and pundits and folks say, well, how was he on a Russian message board if he's Mexican and he doesn't speak Russian? Um, again, to cast doubt rather than uh, accept some sort of accountability or, or trying to do some soul searching, like I mentioned. Um, now, this guy also has the same name. This mass shooter has the same name as a known drug cartel gang member. And folks are trying to say that he was a drug uh, a cartel gang member rather than a far-right Nazi shooter, right? Again, trying to cast doubt. Just has the same name as the guy. You know, a lot of times people have the same names. Um, so and man. again, the idea is to cast doubt on this person's Nazi ties. So Elon Musk even weighed in on this. Like, well, I don't know. I'm just asking questions. This type of post, right? And, post. and this is why Q and I don't have Twitter anymore. We deactivated our Twitter. We are not going to be party to that guy's all the yeah to that guy's hate do to not be there. Yeah, and, and I I implore you if you're a listener, I know there's information shared there, but I don't know that the good outweighs the bad. There, we invite you to come over to our side, delete it, join fan base. Let's roll. 
All right. Uh, I want to say real quick, the BBC confirmed independently that the shooter was behind his post on Facebook, even though folks tried to cast doubt on the authentic authenticity of his Facebook account as well. And of course, this list goes on beyond these three. Clarence Thomas, um, you know, that list is very long. So where is right being right wing accountability? Who knows? But for now, it's time for the Way Black History Fact. Uh, today's Way Black History Fact is sponsored by Underground Beach Club. From the beat, from the streets to the beach, to the finest in beachwear, visit undergroundbeachclub.com. All right, today we are talking about the man, John Brown. He was born May 9th, 1800, and he lived until December 2nd, 1859. He was an American abolitionist leader. This is from Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, he first reached national prominence for his radical abolitionism and fighting in bleeding Kansas. He was eventually captured and executed for a failed incitement of a slave rebellion at Harper's Ferry preceding the American Civil War. An evangelical Christian of strong religious convictions, Brown was profoundly influenced by the Puritan faith of his upbringing. He believed that he was an instrument of God raised up to strike the death blow to American slavery, a sacred obligation. Brown was the leading exponent of violence in the American abolitionist movement, believing it was necessary to end American slavery after decades of peaceful efforts had failed. I want to remind you one more time, this dude is white. Okay. Brown said repeatedly that in working to free the enslaved, he was following Christian ethics, including the Golden Rule as well as the U.S. Declaration of Independence, which states that all men were created equal. He stated repeatedly that in his view, the two principles meant the same thing. Brown first gained national attention when he led anti-slavery volunteers and his own sons during the bleeding Kansas crisis of the late 1850s, a state-level civil war over whether Kansas would enter the Union as a slave state or a free state. He was dissatisfied with the abolitionist pacifism saying of the pacifists, pacifists, sorry, quote, these men are all talk. What we need is action, action, unquote. In May 1856, Brown and his sons killed five supporters of slavery in the Potawatomi massacre, a response to the sacking of Lawrence by pro-slavery forces. Brown then commanded anti-slavery forces at the Battle of Blackjack and the Battle of Osawatomi. Now, I want to make sure that you know that these were battles. It wasn't just like sneaking in people's houses and murdering people. You come with your weapons, I come with my weapons, and I win. That's a battle. We went to war. We both knew what it was. All right. In October 1859, Brown led a raid on the Federal Armory at Harper's Ferry, Virginia, today West Virginia intending to start a slave liberation movement that would spread south. He had prepared a provisional constitution for the revised slavery-free United States that he hoped to bring about. He seized the armory, but seven people were killed and ten more were injured. Brown intended to arm slaves with weapons from the armory, but only a few slaves joined his revolt. Those of Brown's men who had not fled were killed or captured by local militia and U.S. Marines, the latter led by Robert E. Lee. Brown was tried for treason against the Commonwealth of Virginia, the murder of five men, and inciting a slave insurrection. He was found guilty of all charges and was hanged on December 2, 1859. 
the first person executed for treason in the history of the United States. That feels... Man, I don't... Man, if heaven exists and I go there, I better see this guy. The Harper's Ferry raid and Brown's trial, both covered extensively in national newspapers, escalated tensions that led, a year later, to the South's long-threatening secession and the American Civil War. Southerners feared that others would soon follow in Brown's footsteps, encouraging and arming slave rebellions. He was a hero and an icon in the North. Union soldiers marched to the new song, John Brown's Body, that portrayed him as a heroic martyr. Brown has been variously described as a heroic martyr and visionary, and as a madman and a terrorist. Brown was well-read and knew that the last words of a prominent person would be valued. On the morning of December 2nd, 1859, Brown wrote and gave to his jailer, Avis, the words he wanted to be remembered by. I, John Brown, am now quite certain that the crimes of this guilty land will never be purged away but with blood. Mm -hmm. I had, as I now think, vainly flattered myself that without very much bloodshed, it might be done. Now, you may wonder why we decided to honor John Brown with our way black history fact. And it's because of a post that Q sent over to me from Sean King, a person on uh, social media who's very involved with politics, but also with uh, furthering a decidedly black agenda in this country toward equality and equity. Sean King wrote, excuse me, happy birthday to John Brown. Again, he was born on May 9th. So at the time, it was his birthday. Happy birthday to John Brown, the best white man America has ever produced. <laughs> he says, I always laughed when our dear brother Malcolm X said John Brown was his favorite white man in American history. But he was right. A full 223 years ago, in the year 1800, John Brown was born. And in the 223 years since, I don't think that a single white man in all of American history has had his courage and tenacity at confronting the sins of slavery and racial injustice in this place. A whole lot of people talk it, he lived it. Now, um, I want to make sure that I say this. This in no way diminishes the value of allies, certainly not white men allies, because that's, relatively speaking, a rarity in this space of those of us who really see each other as brothers and sisters and want to push more, toward a more equitable America. But you have to bear in mind that no matter which ally you're looking at now, you cannot hold them to the same standard as a John Brown who lived in a country where slavery was the law and, and fought and, actively against that. And we're speaking against it was treason. Yeah, exactly. Punishable by death, which he suffered. So until such a time as we as a country are have devolved back to that point and mm -hmm. a person gives their life for that cause I mean, we're, we're a little further along the slavery man we're not as far along as we pretend to be that's fair i'll stand on that's that. fair but i mean in, in terms of, of in, in terms of folks who 
might think that this is a condemnation of white male allies. It is not. It's just celebration of this man in the time that he lived, giving his life for a cause that he didn't need to. We know that. And so uh, we don't want people to compare him to anybody else who is a white male uh, ally. We love everybody. We think you're doing great. But obviously, he comes from a different time where he can be celebrated in this way. So. With that said, that's about it for us here on Civic Cipher. So thank you for listening. Once again, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Yes, Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. And um, yeah, do us a favor. Hit the website, civiccipher.com. Download this and any previous episodes. You can also submit any questions, any topics that you want us to cover. Uh, you can make a donation. Uh, the uh, donations that you've sent over so far uh, haven't changed the world, but they've certainly impacted our world so please continue yes, to do indeed. that um follow us on all social media including our youtube our youtube we're trying to do something special there so it's all at civic cypher including youtube slash civic cypher uh don't forget you can download this in any previous uh episode from your favorite podcasting platform and uh, any last words before we go we love you guys and appreciate you more than you could possibly know until next week y'all peace Sidestepping the borders with press passes, we bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street commander slash beat expander, here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question, then ask it. The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a quiet wartime journalist headlines. Wake up, refuse, and resist. Like this, like this, like this, like this.